0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on six eighty CJOB.
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie; that was a that was a that was a good win uh, in my books. Um, you know, pretty happy with that one. Um, you know, but
0: in the day, we know, you know, we moved on. We, you know, we a different team this year uh than we were last year and um you know it's been been exciting for a lot of us you know i think you see the rejuvenated you know faces in this room you know you know bones has really been on us a lot you know each and every day whether it's a good game or a bad game he's he's always looking to help us and i think it's been you know it's been awesome for me it's been awesome for a lot of us that you know we're being challenged we're you know we're being pushed to 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 reach our you know full potential i think that 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 does a lot for our team. Mark Shifley there uh, after the win uh, over the Florida Panthers with uh, former head coach uh, Paul Maurice behind the bench for those uh, Florida Panthers um, win yesterday for the Winnipeg Jets as they are now tied for first in the central. They're given the edge because they have two games in hand on Dallas with 33 points um, and uh, wrapping up the homestand, Jim, with, with three wins. Uh, but... Jim Toth, uh, that was a big meatball, a big spicy meatball uh, that Mark Shifley um, made during his post-game comments. At any
1: time last night, did Mark Shifley skate by the Florida bench with the bird up, the middle finger?
0: <laughs> I When he scored, he made sure to go real tight.
1: I mean, I was in the press box. I couldn't hear, but I thought I heard, like, the music was going, his goal song was playing... And I thought I heard a suck it as he scraped by the Florida band. I, I don't know. Can we, I'm, I'm Just this really hot, briefly,
0: can we talk about Mark Shifley's goal song, the Hugh Jackman greatest show on earth or whatever? I, I'm just going to make a request, Mark, if you're out there, if you're listening, I, I doubt you are. But if you are listening right now, you got to do better than that, man.
1: Oh, you don't like the greatest show on earth? No, no. I have no idea what it is. In fact, I hear it. I'm like, this is a song. I thought it was just like He's, he's
0: got to do a little bit better. He's gotta um, he's gotta do better with his goal song, but i am dive and go ahead.
1: I'm old school, so I like the biggie biggie biggie. Can't you see? Well, <laughs> I
0: like that. I think everybody else has good ones.
1: That's a shout out to uh, former global broadcaster and Shaw TV broadcaster Mira Bahattising.
0: Big 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 biggie fan, eh? If
1: you remember Mira, it was Biggie Biggie Biggie. Can't you see I think that's how she like that was how she got ready for a game, ready to do go do a story.
0: <laughs> you know, I was joking around in the uh in the in the hallways here at, at six eighty CGOB, that uh, the Winnipeg Jets need to just put a deco of uh, Paul Maurice, just like staring at him and you know obviously repeating to Mark Scheifele all the apparent horrible things that he said to him over the course of his time here. Um, <laughs> well, this
1: is this is where and I'm you know at- and,
0: and just the thing is just real quick, but. Yeah, I, I don't think this is um, speculation anymore at this point. He, he just admitted it was a. He admitted it was a good win, and how you know Rick Bonus is challenging them, and that's not everybody in the team's enjoying it, and all this sort of things. So I don't. I don't think this is He's speculation. Saying way
1: more than that. If I was in the scrum last night, and I appreciated Christian yeah. O'Malley and everybody else that was partaking, but I would have just said, "Just say it, Mark. Just say it. Yeah, say it." Um, look, I, this doesn't, I get it. It's, it's dramatic. It's drama. It's tantalizing who doesn't like who, and they don't get along all that. I get that. I like, I've seen that daily, not daily, but yearly with all the teams I've covered. It's, it doesn't stand out to me. Like some people just don't get along, but that yesterday before the game and after the game, um, was Mark Shifley clearly, Clearly not liking Paul Maurice and wanting him gone long before he left the team about a year ago, um, in my opinion. And I don't think I'm stretching this, and I think a lot of people have that opinion. But that being said, mm-hmm. what I don't get is the animosity about it and how he's sort of passively, aggressively saying these things today. Um, and my point to that is is I just don't get the whole, like, like, somebody on social media put out, um, so Mark doesn't like the coach who let him do whatever he wanted, played him nonstop, gave him a ton of ice time, even though he wouldn't back check. And I'm, you know, that's a little mm-hmm. salacious or whatever you want to call it. But realistically, why didn't they get along? Like, it, that that's the point that I, yeah, I kind of question today. Like, so I'm not upset with Mark or anything. I think no, good for him that, no. to give some quotes and and beyond that. And I understand what Paul had to say yesterday and, and everything like that. It was time. It was time a year ago. If he, if he has one regret, he never would have started last season with the team and he would have left in the summer yeah. like he originally thought he would. But at this point in the post game, to go on like that, like he did in the pregame, it does make me wonder of, for a coach who let you play an enormous amount of minutes, always had you on the power play, benched you once on hockey night in Canada, but I think could have benched you several times in many seasons, but maybe that's where it started going south. Like maybe that's, that's, that really stuck with Mark that like, all right, I'm done with this guy. He benched me at this point or whatever. Um, But I don't get like, and I watch Mark play now. And I'm like, if I knew this, I would have got rid of Maurice two years ago. Because yeah. it's not Maurice's fault. And you know how I feel, how this is on the player. Like if you don't like a coach, if you don't like your team, that's fine. But when that puck drops and you're making six mil, you better play. And 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 play both ends of the ice. So I'm kind of torn on this because I, I don't I just wanna know why it got so bad mm. that months and a new season later. You're dropping passive-aggressive bombs at the way things used to be under the guy that you don't like anymore. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying, Jim. Like this at this is point, this point, yeah, why this are you is, waiting till now? And why why did this go so south?
0: This is all uh, going to be a part of that book that yes. we're gonna we're gonna wait to come that is never ever going to hit the shelves. It's just like, something like you got to be a part of the team. You had to be there, um, like publicly. And, and,
1: when did Maurice ever publicly call out Shifley? When did he ever, you know? Not that I can remember. We're listening to Bonus this year, and we're all, uh, you know, this is exactly what this team needs, and this is great. But last time I heard Maurice talk specifically about Shifley, he said they're going to build a statue of him. <laughs>
0: yeah, Actually, Andre texts the show, uh, 204-780-6868. He says that same thing. Yet Coach Maurice said there'd be a statue of Shifley in front of the rink when he retired. Coach treated players like men. Um, so again, yeah. I
1: we've all seen this, and I don't care. They don't like each other. They might never like each other. Yeah, Everybody's deal. moved on. Who cares? Yeah. And and good on it. Mark's playing better, which is great. And Paul is in a new team, and that's great. Everything's fine. But I do hearken in that post game, like, still more again? Like, what yeah. went so wrong with a coach behind closed – but in front of doors, not behind closed doors, I don't know, but in front of them, played you all the time, rarely if ever benched you, gave you everything you ever wanted. You developed into this player. Like, how does it get that bad, especially when he and Wheeler – are really close and good friends. Like that's the other part of this I don't get is so Paul. Like last night when when Wheeler was on the ice and stick tapped the the acknowledgement to Paul, Paul looked at him and and pointed and, yeah. and gave him a thank you. Yeah, I like saw they're that. super close. So now it's just this awkward relationship where at some point during all these years. One of those guys is going. He's not so bad. I like him, and the other guy's going. I can't stand him, and, and you know, and so yeah. then, and then vice versa. Like when Captain and and Coach are talking, they're like, you know, I don't know why he doesn't like me, or I, I don't know. But it was just weird that at this point, there's still those comments being dropped.
0: Yeah, um, it's an interesting situation. It's definitely an interesting situation. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, uh, the, the Winnipeg Jets uh, did a, you know, they, they had a great game yesterday. I mean, Mark Scheifele, he was out there. He he had a mission. He had a purpose. Um, you know, Blake Wheeler had a really good game, too. You mentioned Blake Wheeler. He's out there creating turnovers, turning up the ice. Uh, still has got speed, man. Like he can still he can still set the pace when he's chasing after the puck. Um absolutely. But uh, the one player and you know the 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 three stars came out, PLD had three assists, KC had those two goals, two softies. Let's just be honest. Spencer Knight let in a couple of those softies there. Um it was a part of that beautiful tic-tac-toe with 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 Mark Scheifele. But I thought the best guy on the ice yesterday was Connor Hallebach. I thought he maybe played the best game of his of of all year. Um and you totally see what um the modus operandi is for uh the Florida Panthers and how they create offense uh they throw pucks at the net they try to create some havoc batting a rebound uh well Connor Hellebuck over the course of that game said no 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 he's his rebound control was fantastic yesterday he swallowed up pucks the team in front of him did a good job of of getting the pucks out of their way because you just saw what the Jets did they just uh they, they crashed the net that's all they did and they got the puck out of there um and so you know Connor Hellebuck, Vesna favorite so far, 13-5-1, and, one, and uh, 25 saves in the second period. had held the team in it.
1: Yeah, look, he was really good last night. And when Florida came out in the second and started pouring it on and things started breaking down for the Jets, he was the difference again. And I, I think Jets fans just need to relax around the high danger chances. They're getting better. Bonus has a system that's trying to correct that. But these players are still the players. They're, they're, these players are playing better and getting you know, under this system, better defensive play, yeah. but you're just going to have to embrace the fact, and then be thankful that Connor Hellebuck's here, and he is going to, when the tide could turn in games like that, it bail you out. Mm-hmm. And, and there's only a few goalies in the league that play this well. He is the front runner for the Vesna, in my opinion, right now, in amongst the the top three to five, and in the conversation. And was magnificent last night. But there was a lot of good performances last night. Yeah. And the team started right. And, and they need to hone this in. And we d- talked about starts and everything like that. But they need to sort of... But it's easy to get <laughs> yeah. up for a game like this. Yeah. And it's Jim, easy to get up for you, Do you
0: almost feel better that it that the lapse was in the second period, not the first one this time around?
1: Well, yeah, for I,
0: sure. I 100% felt better about it. I, I thought it was a step in the right direction. Of course, you want to play 60 minutes. But, you know, Florida is a pretty good team. I don't know. I mean, how... Were you impressed by
1: Florida? I, I, no, I thought they, and, they turned and- it
0: on at certain points, but they didn't. Florida, the Florida Panthers last night, to me, watching that game, they lacked killer instinct in it.
1: Even when healthy, I don't think this team is better than last year. And I know why they made the Tachuk trade, and I yeah. agree with it because I think they need more of guys that play the style Tachuk does in their lineup. But they're not as good as last year. And, yeah. and um, you know, I was in the press box and the, the Arizona Coyotes GM was beside me and his two head scouts were there and Mark Bergerman, the former Habs GM. Where, how did you get put there? Works. I don't know. It just said 680 CGOB and I sat down and then I looked to my left and I'm like, oh. didn't you guys have some great suits at the draft? <laughs> You guys all were the same suits. You still got wow,
0: those
1: suits. VIP. Um, uh, speaking of VIP, on my right was Julie Buckingham of 680 CJOB. So I'm like, this is, I don't know. Like, you remember if you have those dreams and you're having dinner and one guy's Kid Rock and the other one's Barack Obama? Uh, I, That's what I felt like You last know in between this. As,
0: as we go to break here, and we also got to do a shout-out here. I got I to talk about Rob. Rob G. We had a bet yesterday. I got to yeah. bring him in. We'll talk to him just uh, after. We'll talk this really quickly after sports. So we'll take an earlier break here. Um, but, uh,
1: but my... My point is, is they're looking at Florida. Florida is obviously yeah. looking to deal. He was, they were also writing down stuff about Winnipeg. We all know Arizona has some pieces like Chickering, but I, it was interesting that But when, when I was watching them and I, I just had a brief conversation mm-hmm. with the Arizona people just about Florida, and I said, I, I just don't think they're as good as last year. And they said, well, I, you know, they're not going to tell me, but they're like, well. <laughs> and, and, and they didn't comment, but I'm, I'm just like, there's something not like going right for florida this year like it did come on
0: spill year. the beans guys spill the beans come on tell us what you really think that's what we want anyway
1: tell julie buckingham who you're looking at tonight thanks
0: oh by the way um i was down at the game and i looked up at the press box and there was these two guys over six feet tall and then there was julie who's a part of the less than five foot club here at 680 cgob And it was so easy to to find her. She she literally said
1: when she sat down and looked at Trevor Kidd and Dwayne Gilowoychuk and Christian Malone, said, Where's the booster seat? I'm like, Oh, Julie, they don't have those here. They don't have booster seats in the press box.
0: We'll be right back.
1: Maybe at Danny's.
0: Jets at noon on six
1: eighty CJOB. I talk about it. that's what we're here for. Standings, you got to make the playoffs, so you got to pay attention to the standings. That's what we're here for, and we we talked about that today. You know, so uh, for the guys that were here last year and um, you missed the playoffs, or do you, and. That's got to be your motivation going into this year, okay? You you want to be here fighting for first, or you want to be here fighting for your life? And the guys are enjoying, for that fight for that first place. And we're we're going to try. We're going to stay in that fight for the top the top position in the division, and if not the top three, we're going to stay in that fight. Uh you know that's one of the reasons
0: why I like Rick Bonus there, Jim Toth, because uh, you know when players say, "Oh, we don't pay attention to the standings," you know that that's a bunch of BS. And I like it that Rick comes out and says, yeah, we pay a lot of attention to the standings. We talk about it all the time. We're out there for first place. We're not here to make the playoffs. We want to finish as the top seed. I I just really, I really love that clip from him last night.
1: So Mike O'Shea and Rick Bonus go out for a beer. They sit down across from each other. Mm -hmm. Paper sports sections open. Who's looking at the standings? Both of them. Even Mike O'Shea?
0: You don't think that he looks at the standings?
1: Of course I do, but that's <laughs> my point. He'd never, like... he'd
0: never admit that to anybody except for the guys probably in his coaching staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. Just want to know it doesn't matter where we are. It's it's such a refreshing take because players, coaches for years now have been telling me we don't pay attention to that. We focus on the next game. We, we focus on we've got to win every game and, and all that. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's part of this new philosophy that that um Rick Bonus has brought in it's refreshing it's needed and and again I don't want to keep harping on this but Paul Maurice referenced it again last night that you know if there were mistakes made it's because he knew he should have walked away and didn't management disheveled yeah. day off Mr. Mark Chipman you know probably have these discussions hey we made some trades let's do this again probably re- okay yeah we shouldn't have done that so um that's also refreshing when 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 mistakes are made and people admit it so like, that's in the hockey world. But, yeah, everybody looks at the standings. And, and right now, if you're a Jets fan or the Jets, I mean, he mentioned that. We're going to stay in the fight for top three. When I was asked this year, and everybody mostly that I heard from said wildcard team or fighting for a wildcard spot. Bubble
0: was team like, was the main yeah, talk. T- I was main like, talk. no
1: way. This is, with our new coaching staff and much the same roster, this is a top three team in the division. I thought yep. Colorado would be running away with it again. They're extremely injured. But I think they'll they'll still make the playoffs, and I think they're in the top three. Now, not just to let people know I'm not just sitting here pumping my chest, because last year I said they were a top-ten team in the National Hockey League, and they didn't make the playoffs. But I believe this roster, with very little change other than what you're about to get into, and yeah. it's, it's valid stuff that you dig up here, Cam, this is a playoff team. Always has been. It's just whatever was going on needed to be fixed.
0: See, like and, and just before we get into this and I and I got I got to give a shout out to Rob too. Uh, Rob G and all this other stuff. We'll talk about that first and then we'll get into what I wanted sure. to talk about this segment. Um but they were a top 10 roster last year too, Jim.
1: Yeah, they, they were. They
0: they literally were. And it didn't show up on the standings, but the roster was a top 10 roster. It was. Um, you know, and we're starting. We we learn more every day as to why that was and why and what went wrong last year and all that sort of thing. But listen, the Winnipeg Jets—they got a pretty dang good start. They're at the top of the Central Division today, and they're they're winning hockey games. Um, and you know, they're they're sixteen seven and one. That's a fantastic they're, they're start. That's in a fantastic first
1: start in the Central Division after twenty four games, and they have two games in hand and won the season series against the second place team Dallas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's impressive.
0: Yeah, um, I want to talk about. We just got a great tweet uh, from Martin, and I want to read that on the air because it really leads into this discussion that I wanted to have, and it kind of sparked me when we were on the show and getting text messages from you guys. And I wanted to just to talk about this. But first, I got to give a shout out to Rob G. Um, Rob G. Won our bet yesterday, and it was about coffee or whatever. I was no, I was, I was if I would have lost, I would have totally. Stoned you on it, Jim. I never would have uh, I never would have got you a coffee. <laughs> um
1: but hey Cam, how are you today? I don't know you.
0: Uh, oh. Who, oh yeah. Um but we had, we had a little whatever a side wager. I thought it was gonna be Lowry's line that was gonna come out and start the game yesterday. You said it was gonna be PLD's line.
1: With Ace yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well uh Rob Rob G said it was gonna be Scheifele's line with Wheeler and Profetti. That's what Rob said. So this morning. He sends a text message uh, to the start with uh, Lorraine and Greg, and he says, "I sent coffee and donuts to the office. Everybody enjoy it. Have a great one, and, and Merry Christmas." That's we never so got nice. we never got that coffee and donuts. My heart is broken. I don't know what happened. There was a period of time that was in between uh, seeing the text message and 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 getting the donuts and the coffee. I don't know what happened with if the skip driver or the, the the I'm not sure what food service was used. I don't know if there was confusion there with the driver. I don't know if there was an issue with security. I'm not making allegations here. All I know is that Rob sent coffee and donuts to the 201 Portage here, and we never received them. I'm not throwing around accusations. I don't know what happened. Okay. All I know is that we never got it, and gro- Rob G's generosity, uh, while did not fall flat, um, didn't end up you know. With, with us today. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Rob. I, I really appreciate it, and it was a very sweet and, and very kind gesture.
1: I'm not used to this. I'm not used to somebody winning a bet and paying. I'm used to people winning <laughs> yeah, a bet and not paying. That's some of my circle that I got to clean up.
0: <laughs> Who would do I I don't know. What kind of person would do something but like that? But I'm not Jim?
1: used to somebody winning a bet and then them paying two. So Rob, we really appreciate it. And I'll just ask this one question and then we'll move on. Yeah. Where was Richard Kluche at this hour?
0: Wow. I don't think he's accounted for.
1: You know, several morning meetings, it's like oh Richard won't be here. He's in a breakfast meeting. He seemed
0: meeting. like he seemed like he was
1: He's at a breakfast
0: meeting. He seemed like he had a little bit too much energy this morning. Maybe it was like a six cup of coffee sort of I don't know. I don't know. Anyway When
1: you saw him at his desk, was he leaning back with his feet up at all or
0: now that you mentioned it, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. I'll okay. look into it later. Well, we'll Thanks, Rob G up. though. You won. It was yeah. the it he was won. the old he, do you remember me? And and in all honesty, quickly Cam, that's yeah. good coaching on bonus too. Yeah. Like I'm going with this line, and I was joking, yesterday, hey guys, remember us, like roll with it,
0: no, dude, he knew they were fired up to play, yeah, you know, he knew they were fired up to get going uh this is this is, I think is a really important piece of this team, and this is I did some digging this morning, I did some stats and stuff like that um and and martin he he tweeted uh he tweeted to both of us here, and he says, and it's all about the bottom six. I want to talk about the bottom six, the bottom six while obviously, not gifted offensively, are fast, tenacious, and hard to play against. They're doing a great job at working the opposition all over the ice. Now, I, I didn't focus in on the on the bottom six. I focused on the fourth line. Uh, now, we got a text message, and I and I really appreciate this text message we got from somebody, and it was in, it was critical of Paul Maurice um, and in favor of, of Rick Bonus, saying like, "Oh, finally, we have a head coach um, that's going to go out there and, and actually play four lines." And th- we heard this all last year. Um, Jim, and I'm sure you can recall, uh, about the fourth line, and the fourth line's not getting enough, enough minutes. It was, it, was a, it was a topic we, we went at ad nauseum. Yeah. Well, I did some number crunching over this. And uh, in terms of, and I took last year, all the players that played on the fourth line over 10 games, and I put out an average time on the ice for those players. I put And then I also put plus minus, and I also added in a point per game average. As well. And then I compared it to the players that have played on the fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets over the last seven games. OK, so Axel Janssen, Fialbi, uh, David Gustafson, Mikey A. Simod, Sam Gagne, Saku Menelainen, Dominic Toninato, Jansen Harkins. Last year, I did t- Dominic Toninato, Toninato. By the way, we just got a text message. Um, uh, I know he was sent down to the Moose. Haven't heard if he's cleared waivers yet or not. What that could mean, we can get into that a little bit later. But last year, Dominic Toninato, Jansen, uh, Jansen Harkins, Christian Veselainen, Christian Reichel, Austin Pagansky, Riley Nash uh, and uh, Adam Brooks. So, I looked at the difference between those two, those seven sets of players from last year and this year. And I looked at the time on the ice. Again, I looked at plus minus and I looked at points per game average. Well, the difference between this year and last year is the fourth line this year is playing a buck 23 more on average, a minute and 23 seconds on average. Not insignificant, but not a whole lot. Over that period of time, in difference of plus minus, those players on this year on the fourth line are plus 37 in plus minus compared to last year. Last year, the, the fourth line was minus 21 this year. It's plus 16. So a 37 point difference between the fourth line last year and this year and a point per game average of uh, um, seven times more last year, the fourth line on a point-per-game average, was 0.07 points per game. This year, it's 0.23. That's three times more points per game on average. So I, I know I threw a lot of numbers at you there. So as a collective, this year, the fourth line is playing one minute and 23 seconds more because they're plus 16 in terms of offense. So they're contributing offensively, while also keeping the puck out of the net, which was not the case the year before, and they're also contributing points on offense at a three times higher rate. This has added up to the Winnipeg Jets. It, this has been a huge difference because last year, Jim, and we were talking about this, last year, the Winnipeg Jets were chasing a lot of games. Yes. You were not seeing the fourth-line get out there for good reason. Look at those statistics. They were allowing more goals, much more goals than they were stopping. And they weren't contributing offensively. They and that was a reason why they were only playing about nine minutes a game.
1: They couldn't score. They couldn't produce. And, and, and they couldn't all, keep the
0: puck out of the net.
1: And we heard a lot just happen with Maurice being back here that, oh, he rode his top guns. He rode his top guns. With those numbers, Cam, like that bottom six is what won them the Ducks game. Yeah. Is what got them back in the game, and I said like their skill, but but Sean Reynolds pointed out, and rightfully so, that it was that guy that got them back in the game, and then their skill players took over. Um, I, I'm I'm sorry, we've been over this my entire time on this show with you, when people would call in and go, "He's got to play the the bottom six more, or he plays Schaeffler and Wheeler too much, and all mm-hmm. that." If I know I'm not going to get a goal from you, and I'm down a goal with 18 minutes, 12 minutes to go, who do you think I'm playing? But now, if I think I can get a goal from you, I will work you guys in. Like, if mm. there's a chance I can, those numbers you're pointing out. The other thing about those numbers you put out in the bottom six, Cam, is a lot of those players have contributed in a very short period of time. Mikey Asimont has three points, and I think he's played nine games. And we're at game 23 this year. Um, same with uh, uh
0: Mikey Asimont, 11 games, three points, 11, and but plus six.
1: Well, and that's the yeah. thing, and they're not costing you. Yeah. So, and that's the, like, I'm not, again, defending Maurice. I'm just saying if you had players that weren't going to give something up and, and have at least a chance of scoring, then, yes, because as I need this goal, I'll work you in with 13 minutes, nine minutes to go, because then I can rest my top guns that might get me that goal, or you might. But if I just after game, after game, after game, I'm getting nothing out of my bottom six, and I'm down in a game, why would I roll you out there? Yeah. And
0: and I know that the Jets were up last night. They're up 4-2. But you, you know... You see Axel Janssen-Fjallby and, and, and David Gustafsson and you know, Sacramento line. They're, they're sent out there on the ice and they're, they're out there doing positive things. I mean, Axel janssen fialby he's got the wheels, man. He's got the wheels, you know, the hands. I don't know if they're ever going to come, but he's a really, really effective player in certain situations And they go out there and they mix things up. You know, they they create energy. They bring in passion. They bring they, they're aggressive on the puck. These are important things. Because if you're not going to be out there as a fourth liner, you're not going to go out there and, and be hard to play against. This You were never seeing the fourth line rolled out there. And, and even in situations where the game was tied last year, Jim.
1: This will be a major reason why they make the playoffs, but it will benefit this team immensely if they get into the playoffs, come playoff time, that you can roll these lines out there and alleviate some of the minutes after an 82-game schedule.
0: There's a lot of other stuff going around the league. Uh, some names out on the trade block. Uh, we'll get into that. Who are the two big names right now on the NHL trade list? We'll get into that as well. And, and and if we got time, well, I won't tease that. If we have time, I want to get to something else. If we don't talk about it tomorrow, if we don't talk about it now, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But we'll be right back. Chats at noon on 6.8 CJOB. Jim Toth, Jim Toth, Jim Toth. What are we going to do with you? What did I do? What? Nothing, nothing. I'm just thinking out loud.
1: Oh, you want to trade me? Am yeah. I on the market? I think you are. You won't get much. I'll well, be they just with you. the boss just came this up to age. me. Heather
0: Steele came up to me today, and she said you're going to have a desk mate. I haven't had a desk mate for two years. Yeah. And she said it's going to be Jim freaking Toth.
1: I think it's, And I almost puked. I think it's like the other guys. I, I think we'll be right beside each other at the desk, and you'll freak out and throw your monitor, and I'll be like, you think you're a big boy? You got your big boy <laughs> pants on? We don't do that here.
0: <laughs> um, two of the biggest names right now on the chopping, chopping block, uh, trade block, I should say. They're not really in the chopping block here. Um, in the NHL, Brock Besser and Jacob Chikrin. Um, Brock Besser well Jacob Chikrin, these are two very interesting names on the list here uh Brock Besser's not had a great season minus 14 16 points and you know and a bunch of games so far um you know he, he just uh he hasn't been that effective of a player here now apparently six teams are interested you know and, and interest evolves around the Canucks willing to eat salary this is the number one thing with Brock Besser he still's got two more years left at 6.6 five million dollars um will the Canucks be willing to eat 50 percent of that salary to make a move I don't know about that and I, I think I got Brock Besser's points totals wrong I'm going to get that correct here Jim but I mean that that that's
1: well here's he he's got 16 points in 20 games but four goals but the yeah. past three seasons he's had 46 points in 71 games 49 points in 56 games yeah 45 points in 57 games so he's on average about 10 to 12 points off a point-a-game player. But he's 25 years old, and he's locked up for two more years. Here's what I'll throw at you. The Jets, not knowing what the future of Shifley and Dubois are, should be interested in this. The problem is, is how do you know?
0: See, the thing is, Brock is And I'm not
1: talking about moving Dubois and Shifley yeah. out. I'm talking about making a move... Look, he's six million dollars. I, I don't. Ehlers is on. Put Ehlers on LTIR. Yada yada yada. Come playoff time, you got Brock Besser. On the I right believe side. in
0: Brock Besser. He's had a real difficult go the last little bit.
1: I, I, I'm not a. I'm not a doubt. Well, yeah, with Besser, his father know, like, going through cancer and everything. Look, I, I it, think it took, he's it, took a, it took
0: it took Morrissey two years after that to really find his game like he did now.
1: He's like, a. It's, uh, it's not easy. He's a 70-point a player per year, if healthy and dialed in, I think, on the right team. Here's the other thing. Like, you put him in this top six. But my point to this with the Jets is, is just it's so unknown right now. Yeah. Like, if you could find a way to acquire him and make it fit this year, and then in the offseason, find out if you're going to re-sign Dubois and Shifley and Hellebock. You see, but you're at the
0: point right now, Jim, where you have, to, you have to keep that open because you got to have the chance to keep them. That's the big thing. That's their biggest opportunity here. Yeah,
1: that's why it's a pipe dream. It's like, this is the kind of guy that if you're going to lose guys to free agency like Shifley and Dubois, this is the kind of guy you want to bring in to sort of help offset that. Not replace, but yeah. offset it. But yet, you don't know. You're in the middle of a season, so you can't do it. But yeah. like it's it's interesting who might be interested in this. Yeah. But look, this is all because the the Canucks never should have given JT Miller that.
0: Yeah. That that's the big problem. They gotta <laughs>
1: sign Horvat. <laughs> they sent out a lot of Miller money that they shouldn't in. have given
0: to guys. Um Jacob and he's interesting too. We only got like five seconds here, but a lot more tradable, two more years at four point six. The problem is, is that Coyotes are seeking like two first round picks, a prospect as well. But the thing
1: is, they're going to get them. Well, here's what we'll talk about tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk about this tomorrow. the entire Coyotes brass was sitting in the press box yesterday, all four oh, of them, including Bergeron. The so Florida, of course, would be interested in this because they lost Uyghur and they got no first round picks. Yeah, but I'll float this at you, Heinola, You got to move second, a, a second round pick. Or maybe Logan Stanley and two picks and a roster player like Harkins.
0: Thank you very much to T Man Tyson Ricky for producing the show. Tea Time. Worst part about tea Time is he can't hit the he can't hit the links. He's a big links guy. He likes to time. go out there and swing the clubs.
1: Tea Time crushes links. I'll leave you with that.
0: Jim told to take you all the way till three o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow, see you.
1: Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.